What's up, creative crew? It's the Conventional Podcast. You think going to conventions is easy? However, it's, it's anything, anything but. but. Welcome to Level 8 of Jumanji, motherfuckers. We're back in our reality marble bullshit once again. We're talking about props today. Oh yeah, but not just any props. We're doing the advanced class. You asked for it, you love us so much, we're actually going to do this one for the books. We'll be taking a calculated look at crafting creatively regarding foam and wood today. That's right, folks. We're going after our own bread and butter today. But first and foremost, with updates. We have a couple small updates. Nothing really big or huge. I've been super busy with work, so we just kind of been watching shows based on our conversation between one another. Yeah, it's been pretty dismal here in the cave, though mostly because being trapped inside after a while you build everything that you want to build and then you got nothing better to do. Now it's just relaxing until the next convention and getting things ready. However, we do have works in the mix, so it's all good to go. Yeah, there probably aren't any conventions until next year, which is for the greater good. The greater good. The greater good. Well, there will be conventions. I highly suggest not going to those conventions. Yeah, I've seen the couple that have happened, and oh. they do not look good, and uh, people do not look safe. So please, oh. stay safe. You ever hear the song Ring Around a Rosie? When are we going to get the Ring Around a Rona? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it's that bad. But let's get to updates before I start getting grimdark. First things first. Seriously, a round of applause to the creators of Hasbin Hotel. They have been picked up by A24 Studios. Let it be known, A24 has not announced any details about the series formats or when and where it will premiere. That's still nothing to scoff at. This is a huge thing for this entire deal. Congratulations to Hasbin Hotel and getting picked up by A24. That's just one step in the process. And hey, getting there is getting there, but it's nice to see small indie projects getting picked up to actually get the love and attention that they deserve. Oh, yeah. Especially the fact of how much time and effort has actually been put into the series. I have my hangups on it. We've talked about it before, but I fucking love it nonetheless. Especially that fucking music video. What was it? Addict? Something like that, yeah. Definitely was Addict. It was Addict. That, oh man, that was a banger. So, that is the first thing I just wanted to say out loud and just, man, that is an impressive feat. The second thing on our docket, Umbrella Academy Season 2. If you haven't seen it yet, why? Holy crap, why? Because I've been busy with work. You don't count. Well, alrighty then. For those of you that have seen the season, man, that it is beautiful. Seriously, it one of the big things that I can honestly say about this, no spoilers, it does not follow the comics at all. And that's what makes it so good. I know it's kind of weird to say that out loud, and I know there's a lot of Puritans going, but what about the freaking base material? Man, at this point, screw the base material. This was a good-ass plot. I mean, sometimes it's nice to deviate from the source material just to take a, get a fresh set of eyes on something. You don't always need to be one-to-one on everything. Oh, yeah. Plus, it, it would have gotten really weird if they followed the base material when it kind of deviated in the first season already. And again, without spoiling anything, I can't say why this is such a good thing but for those that are watching this series it is it's worth it it's worth the time to actually break down just everything that's happening and appreciate how it's happening and i'll still say this klaus klaus is one of the best characters in the series five is still my favorite and vanya vanya goes through some gross but that being said we're not going to jump past that we're going to go from two to four Wakfu Season 4, everybody. Get your hype trains running. 
It has finally been fully funded. It is ready to go. Now we're just being patient. I want to say that they said that we're going to start seeing waves around next year, give or take. Was this a Kickstarter? Oh, yeah, it was a Kickstarter. Okay, hopefully it doesn't end up the Shenmue 3 route. We don't talk about the Shenmue 3 route. I'm still crying about that. Same. Oh, now you made me sad. But, yeah, no, Wakfu Season 4, that's going to be a thing. Hopefully they fix what they did in Season 3. For those that have seen Season 3... Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm waiting. All right. And then the next thing on the docket is I've been watching a anime and I watched the movie, the live action movie that came out this year for a series that's for a series that describes my love life. Love is hard for otaku, a.k.a. me, because basically the anime is about four office workers and it's two couples that are like a friend group and they then how they meet and hang out and do nerdy shit over the weekend, which basically describes my life. I mean, it reminds me a lot of uh, Diary of an MMO Junkie, if you've seen that, which is also really, really cute. Uh, but I think this one takes a couple different takes on it. It also does have an MMO segment on it, to be fair. The amount of anime references that they do was actually really hilarious because I got literally all of them. JoJo's references, Kaiji references, Gundam references, Sailor Moon references, you know, all, all your fun references. Uh, and then the live action movie was actually was kind of like a musical because they had a lot of musical numbers in there. It's actually really good and really solid. And then, you know, it has all your different types of otaku. It has your idol nerds, your Gundam nerds, your manga nerds, your cosplay nerds, all that fun jazz. So it was a nice deep dive into the subcultures. And I'd recommend it if you kind of like Diary of an MMO Junkie. They follow along the same pattern, I'd argue. Jumping into my personal favorite segment of the day, Retro Gives Me Life. I've been re-watching two series that a lot of people burned on back in the day. Wangan Midnight. And I still play the arcade game to this day. I have a card. I have like four cards. I play it. Well, before COVID, I was playing it basically bi-weekly or monthly, depending on how things were going. But the story in the game basically is the same as it is in the anime, for the most part. It, you know, it's a pretty solid story. It's an enjoyable watch. See, when I first started watching Wangan Midnight, it was during a time when I just got done watching the initial D anime. I'll admit a few things. First things first, initial D is not infallible. There, there are so many cliches in the series that once you actually try and break it down, it kind of gets boring because you know Takumi's going to win eventually, and it's boring. Wangan Midnight, on the other hand, the main character loses a lot. A lot, a lot. An uncomfortable amount. Like, his car is possessed. I don't care what anyone says. And it is based on... A natural car. Two actual cars now at True, this point. Yeah. yeah. When I say this series kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat because you legitimately do not know what's going to happen next, I mean it. They do kind of rip on the art style of Initial D. I'll be absolutely real. Like, the main character looks like Takumi. You can't tell me otherwise. Yeah, no, they do look kind of similar. And it also doesn't have the Euro pop hits that... Yeah, that bothered the shit out of me when I saw this. The, the music is okay, but... It's not running in the 90s. It's not Gas, Gas, Gas. Yeah, it's not Forever Young. It doesn't it's not have Night that of Fire. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have that oomph to it. I mean... There, don't get me wrong, there's some Wangan tracks that I love because, like, when I play the game, like, they're my go-to tracks. I listen to, like, those five, like, on repeat, and, like, that's just me in my happy place. <laughs> but that's the thing. I list, I loved Initial D before I even gave a shit about Initial D. 
because the soundtrack for Initial D was a its own genre. Yeah, it's 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 bomber and it just pops. It just keeps on banger after banger after banger. Yeah, Wangan five songs. I can't. I, my anime needs to have a good ass soundtrack. I'm just saying. That being said, I love watching tuner videos. I love watching people work on cars. I love working on cars when I get a chance. I suck at it. Don't ever ask me for car advice. I promise your ass right here and now. I'm just going to use Google Foo. But all in all, I fucking love cars. Yeah, seeing people work on cars can actually be really fascinating depending on their knowledge of the vehicle, especially if it's like a certain type or certain model. Yeah, and this series focuses heavily on, hey, the placement of your engine matters. All these different parts matter. You can't cheap out on this shit. It's beautiful. Ironically, this is prevalent to the plot of this episode thus far, and I love it. Wangan Midnight, if you haven't watched it, if you haven't given a chance, first things first, it's not in English. Don't don't look for an English dub. It doesn't exist. It's all in Japanese. If you hate subs, then this might not be the series for you. However, I will say... Give this series a watch. It's actually really informative. It's actually really good. There's some mystical shit that happens every blue moon, but, but again, you know, it covers car. your aerodynamics. It covers all the computer work that goes into a car, all the engine work and how it runs and how you get the maximum efficiency to get the car what you want it to do, basically. So. Oh, yeah. I highly suggest at least giving Wang on Midnight a shot. I'm not going to say it's the best of the best, but I will say give it a shot. Now, switching gears. We are going to talk about a series that I will hype to the day I die. Black Heaven Hard Rock Safe Space. This series is, for me, I love music. I incorporate music into damn near everything I do. And I love just seeing references to old school songs and new school songs pop up every blue moon. This series alone, just, it is bops upon bops upon bops. It is good to me. And it... I cannot hype it enough. So, to explain this series a little bit better, an office worker who used to be a top charter. He's trying. He's pretty much going through a midlife crisis. His top charter song, way back in the day, finally hits like the ass in a space where there's a giant space war. There's a giant ass cannon that can't get power to it or enough power to it. It's really not that explained. It's it's a fucking MacGuffin that there's like it's here. This is what we need. Whatever. Don't really give a shit. Song hits the cannon. Cannon powers up. They send somebody down. Specifically the commander's wife. Or girlfriend. It's really... That is another thing that's not explained. Which is kind of fucking hilarious. Now that I think about it. And she's out here trying to get him to play music again. And then the series slowly goes from like a sci-fi battle. To this weird slice of life. Where this rocker's wife thinks he's cheating on her with the secretary which is also an alien and they have to go around sneaking behind everyone's back so it doesn't seem obvious that he's going to space to fight essentially an entire alien force on his own while at the same time trying to make it seem like they're not cheating and then you have just all these different antics that happen in between he tries to get the band back together so that they can play he thinks that all of this is just some weird kooky concert half throughout the entire series. There's so much random shit that happens, but it is so good. It's so down to earth, even though it's out of space. It's 
I, man, it is a good series. Also, for those that love music references, almost every episode is based off of a top chart song. Better bops. Yeah. First episode, Stairway to Heaven. Then you got, what, All Night Long? Space Child's episode four, Walk Away in Need, All Right Now. If any, if you don't know All Right Now, that is, look that song up right now. But all of these songs that I grew up with that I have a mixtape somewhere in this room right now that I can crank those sons of bitches up on a Walkman. God, I'm aging myself. But the point stands, it is a good series. And I cannot hype it enough. You're not going to get a lot of action. Not gonna lie. The art style, art style's lacking on occasion. It's early 90s to 2000 anime. You're not looking at, like, a high-budget series. Early, late 90s to early 2000s? Yeah, give or take. So this is how Kids Pop was formed? Shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> Don't you dare insult my animals <laughs> with your Kids Pop heresy. What the fuck is... Don't make me kick you in the taint. What the fuck's wrong with you? But that being said, before I murder this skinny boy. I mean, we needed those 60 albums. I hate you. I hate you so much. Why are you like this? You got the tank bop and it came to mind. I'm leaving this in. I want you to know that. Oh, I'm totally fine with that. I hate you. <laughs> anyway, before before I go into a hardcore rant, because I, I can do an entire episode on just this and breaking down each episode. We will get on our topic for the day. Yes. Today's lesson is Advanced Class 201, Wood and Foam, or Foam and Wood. I don't really care which order we do it in. I'm fine with either as well. All right. Hmm. All right, fuck it. Let's do foam first. Let's do the easiest one to get into first, and then we'll jump into the next one. Yeah. So first things first is we're gonna when I talk about foam, foam is at le- is at least the most easily accessible material for a cosplayer to get a hold of when it comes to making swords and probably shields and armor. It's way more readily available. You can just go to a simple store like Walmart or Home Depot or Lowe's or something like that, and you can pick up a type of foam that you can use to work on. Oh yeah, it's seriously crazy easy. And let's break it down scientifically a little bit. So, what's foam? Foam is an object that's formed by trapping pockets of gas in a liquid or solid and can come in two end states. Open cell or closed cell. An easy way to think about this is how the bubbles come to rest with a very closed body with no holes at all or a pile of Swiss cheese. Now, all forms of foam need some type of glue to bind together. The most common choices or contact cement, and hot glue our lord and savior after Zaboomafu. Oh yes, that is the second in command. That is the holy spirit of props. Hot glue saves all props in one way or another. Yep. That's why it's in every cosplayer's first aid kit. Oh yes. The types of foam that cosplayers use. This can range depending on skill level, depending on comfort, and what's readily available in your area. Yeah. So the first type, the most common type at this point in time, would be EVA foam. Oh, good old closed cell ethylene vinyl acetate copolymer. Yes. Now there are two types of EVA foam. There are floor mats and then there's low density AVA foam. Now the floor mats come only in one thickness, usually between three-fourths of an inch to three-eighths of an inch, and require a lot more work to finish both sides and can be a bigger pain for some projects. 
Low-density EVA foam, on the other hand, comes in fairly large rolls and are smooth on both sides with a variety of thicknesses and can even be ordered in rods, bevels, or even clay form. Now, EVA foam is nice because you can just kind of work with it and build things from the ground up. Now, you can do the same thing with the next item on our list, which is insulation foam. Now, insulation foam is foam that you can generally find at like a store like Home Depot, and it's these big boards of pink foam. Now, you might need to break them down and fit them into your car if they're that big. You can also use them in a similar way where you can cut them apart and then use them to build pieces on top of one another to make your prop or shield or armor that you're looking to make. And for the science nerds out there, insulation foam boards are commonly made of either polystyrene, polyisocyanitrate, and polyurethane. It's essentially one of the easiest to work with for hard rigid surfaces that you just want to carve and do large designs with. But from personal experience, it is nightmarish for fine details. Yes, I can I can speak of that in length, which we'll probably do later in this episode. Yeah, just, just trust us on this. Don't ever try and find detail with insulation foam boards. It, it does not work. However, it's great for if you want to use it as a base for stone, heavy objects, or sometimes you can even do armor and full cosplay out of the stuff. Yeah, and if you're doing like a big giant weapon and it doesn't need a ton of detail, it'd be great for that. Yep. Now, before we jump into anything else, I really got to stress this. Insulation foam, you want some form of respirator. You want something to protect your lungs. This stuff, you want to use at your own risk. The fine dust particles can destroy your lungs, do some heavy damage, and then some. Not only to your eyes, to your lungs... If you are allergic to the stuff, it can cause some major rashes. So, think before you leap with this stuff. Yeah, just take care and precaution just with like any crafting project that you would use. Also, best advice I'll ever give with this, only use it outdoors where it's fairly well ventilated or just a well ventilated area with enough space for the product to breathe. You don't want to do it in like a closed room at like the Never do it in your house. Never do it in your house. You will regret it for the rest of your days. If you are going to do it in your house, please have your windows open. Your windows open, a vacuum, something, anything to keep yourself safe. Yeah. Now, the biggest downside to this stuff, yeah, there is a bigger downside, at least with working with it, is the heat. So the boards are designed to hold in heat because they're made for insulation. And you will become your own personal furnace in insulation foam if you're wearing it, like if you would for armor. Or like a sword or something, that's not really the case because, you know, you aren't wearing it. I mean, if you're wearing a sword, that's a whole different cosplay. I have nothing to tell you. Yep. But in this situation, you really want to, again, look before you leap. It's a great material, but it comes it comes with a price. Jumping to the next thing on our list is our good old open cell, spray foam. Now, spray foam is a unique subject to tackle. Basically, it comes in a spray can, and when you spray it, you get like a yellow foam-like substance, and then... You know what that is, right? It's just isocyanate and polyol resin, dude. Yes, I'm well aware of that. I was just trying to keep it simple. Fuck that science words, go! You just like your science-y side today. Dude, this, this entire episode is me teaching a class. I will put on the glasses and actually wear pants. Don't make me do it. Only if your glasses shine when you put your finger up in your nose. What do you mean, like this? Yes, like that. <laughs> now, this has the highest lowering curve by far, potentially the most unforgiving on the wallet. Yeah. 
So let's say that spray foam, what is it like, five bucks a can? Something like that. Yeah. Okay, let's do the math here. You can get a lot done with one can. Are you going to do it right the first time? No. You want backup. You want to make sure that you have stuff ready to go. And then there's the fact that it's an open cell foam. What does that mean, children? It means that once it actually expands, because it expands about 30 to 60 times the liquid volume. So do that math in your head if you really want to. And then keep in mind, this can only be used as a base. It can't be used for everything. Yeah, because once it actually expands, now you're going to have all these cavernous holes in there looking like Swiss cheese and cake. And that's why you get spackle or plaster of Paris and you fill those things in. I personally suggest Bondo, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, pick your poison, but either of them can do the job. And I mean, you're going to have to coat that sucker for a while too. Not one coat's going to do it. You're going to have to do like... 10 coats and then once you do the 10 coats you're gonna have to sand it with with you know a sandpaper or a sander or um a dremel That's also the word I was looking for. well rotary tool but yeah. yes also once again we are entering the realm of respiration you want to keep your lungs free because this stuff will make some fine ass particles and you know we've been quarantining for a while so wearing a face mask while you're doing this should not be a problem oh yeah i i'm gonna say this now Spray foam out of all the foams I've ever worked with has the highest learning curve. It's... Yeah, it's by far the most difficult of all the foams. Because Eva foam and insulation foam, you can just use an X-Acto knife or a box cutter and then kind of go at it. And then it's just sanding with sandpaper or using a rotary tool. Something simple. And then as long as you can use like poster board to like do like a 3D printout. And then, you know, you want to do like a cheap version with like craft foam that you can get for like three dollars and you get like like 20 pieces and you can do a small markup mock-up with that and then once you have your small mock-up done then you use your good stuff to do the big one with your insulation foam or your eva foam and then you can kind of go from there yeah there's there's a thousand ways to skin this but my personal thing i will always say this spray foam is the cheapest way to at least get the body for a buck or a master mold if you're moving into silicone or resin it is almost impossible to replace it saves time it saves money especially when you're going into bigger builds so don't sleep on spray foam that's one of the big things i'm going to always say all right moving out of foam we are entering my realm the hardest realm to actually jump into and one that you probably won't make the leap into especially when you're first starting out wood now wood is a unique case in a lot of different areas one wood's not as easily as attainable as foam is uh depending on where you are also you need more tools or special specific tools to cut certain types of wood it's also harder to store compared to foam because wood is longer and takes up more space depending on the type of wood you get. You can also get wood that has mold in it and you have to watch out for that so you got to make sure it stays dry. It can also break easier as well. When it comes to foam, I'd recommend using a PVC pipe over like a wooden dowel rod mainly because wood has a higher chance of breaking. But once again, depends on your type of wood. Personally, if you're going to use a wooden dowel rod, I highly suggest oak. Oak has never failed me. But that's me. Jumping back into this, wood is heavy, wood is durable, and it will test your skills. It will always test your skills, but it's also by far my personal favorite material to work with because it's forgiving. You can hide mistakes with wood. You can learn from your mistakes with wood. You can actually see 
mistakes that are going to come once you actually start doing stuff with your wood. I am positive this entire side of the topic will be filled with nothing but innuendos about wood. And it's going to make me laugh and it's hard as shit not to. But I'm going to try not to. And as Cloud said before, wood needs more tools by far over foam. You can get away starting out with foam with a box cutter, a heat gun, and some glue. And you're good to go. Yep. And maybe some sandpaper. You'll need sandpaper. Yeah. Or some type of sanding material. With wood, when you first start out, you want a saw. You want a marking tool of some form. Honestly, a nail can do it just yeah. fine. You'll probably want a sander of some sort because it's going to be easier to sand that way. I'm yes. not going to lie to you. You're going to want a rotary tool. It's going to save your ass. It took me, what, eight years to even touch a rotary tool? And then, I mean, detailing. You're going to need de detailing tools. You can't use the same stuff you that you would knives. use. You yeah. need cutting implements. You need chisels. You always need chisels. I don't care what you're working on. Carving tools, period. You're going to need something to sharpen those tools. And I'm going to stress this enough. Don't cheap out, especially if you're working with wood. Do not cheap out on your tools. It will be far more expensive in the end. You want good tools from the get-go. You want to make sure that all your tools are sharp at all times. And you want to make sure that you treat those things like children. It will save you in the end. A lot of time and a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Now, again, the other thing that I like about wood, there's a variety. There's a massive variety of different types of wood. But for cosplay purposes, at least in the U.S., the two primary woods that I see people jumping to are plywood or MDF. And they're also the most easily accessible. Oh, yeah. Now, this is where the, I'm, I'm going to be a nerd real quick to, to help out with people. Let's say, let's say you live in an area with a big box store. Well... We're not even going to go into different lumber yards and all that fun stuff. That's something for another day. Let's say you're just starting out. You go to a big box store like Lowe's, Home Depot, Menards, whatever. I don't care. And you go in and you ask them for where their wood is. Now, one person's probably just going to point you into the direction and you're not going to know what you're looking at. Because now you're looking at these giant piles of freaking timber and you're very confused. Another person's going to ask you, hardwood or softwood and no they're not asking you what you think they're asking you they're just trust me easy and your windows are out hardwoods are deciduous trees that lose their leaves in the fall and there's only 200 breeds of hardwood trees that are considered plentiful and pliable for woodworking so you got your choices with that being said knowing what type of tree that you actually got your wood from is not only important but it'll definitely tell you exactly how your wood's going to react to what you're doing it's also got to help you decide what tools to use because certain wood needs certain types of tools. Yeah, I got a project going on right now that requires purple heart and purple heart does not like to be cut. You have to treat it like a baby and you have to constantly sharpen your tools. This is why I keep saying get sharp tools. But enough of that. That stuff, it's a little bit trickier to work with. And sometimes you want to use exotic woods in your props. There was that Tanjiro cosplayer this year that we saw on Twitter. He made Nezuko's box out of exotic oak, and it was fucking beautiful. I wish I remember his name. It was glorious. But he literally made the demon box. Oh, yeah. No, the box that she said, yes. Yeah. For prop purposes, jumping back to this, there's different types of grades for hardwoods i suggest looking for number one common grade or select grade for hardwood number one common is cheaper 
The problem with that is you're going to have less clean surfaces, whereas select is damn near perfect. Softwoods, softwoods are a little different. Softwoods are coniferous trees. You know them, you know evergreens, you know pines, you know firs, you know cedars and spruce and all that shit. Your That's, common stuff that you see all the time, basically. Yeah, but they're small pores. They're not noticeable in a finished product. That's the stuff that you want if you're doing stuff that you're going to be showing off. I love softwoods for that purpose because if you really want just like a wood that looks borderline metallic when you paint it up pretty, softwoods are usually the way to go. They come with their own grading system and if you want if you want imperfections, go for anything else. If you don't want imperfections, see select. You can usually find that in cabinets and no, it no has one he zero says defects. C select. He means the letter C and then select. Not not S E E select. Just just to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> I forget. I speak banjo. So the next set of woods, the most common woods in the cosplay family, are plywood and MDF. And both of these fall under engineered wood. Now plywood are thin slabs of wood that have been lathered together with resin to bind them together. You can find a variety of these different types and quantities of these plywoods, but the most common and easiest to grab in this family in the Midwest would be the birch plywood. Yes, birch plywood is actually my personal favorite because it comes out clean. No, let it be known, plywood is one of the cheapest woods you're ever going to get. You can get damn near a wall of plywood today for, what, 20 bucks if you're lucky? It comes in a variety of thicknesses, but the catch is because it's layered like a sandwich, it's just a bunch of different types of wood layered together, you're going to get tear out. And what that means is let's say you accidentally cut too hard and then out of nowhere you hear a snap. Now you're pulling off a chunk of that sandwich. It happens. It happens to the best of us. And then you're just stuck between a rock and a hard place. Or a rock and resin, but yeah. same difference. Uh, and then next would be MDF. Now, MDF stands for Medium Density Fiberboard. It's generally more dense than plywood and made from wood fibers, urea, formaldehyde, and resin. Do not forget that big word. That is going to come into play later. Now, the most common type of wood used in many sword props is MDF. Mainly by Jax. Yeah. Because when I work with him and he, when he's worked with me, we always use MDF. Personally, I love MDF. And it's the easiest material to teach other people how to use wood that's actually the material i taught cloud here how to use and it's gold in my eyes you don't have to worry about splinters you don't have to worry about much you still have to worry about tear out because it's in the same family as plywood but it's fibrous you learn really quick how to actually get a good finish on it you learn very quickly why it has a nickname and a lot of woodworkers and that is graham cracker wood why? Because until it's treated, if water so much as get near the wood, it will destroy the MDF and soak it all up to a sponge-like state so you can just not paint onto it. Yeah, funny story about that. I built a sword out of MDF once, again, and I was rushing. It was a couple of days before a convention, and I kept spraying it with paint and constantly spraying it and spraying it. And I was crying because I'm like, why won't it fully paint? And then I realized I didn't seal the MDF and it was too late by that point. I've gone through five cans of yellow spray paint wondering what the hell is going on. MDF don't like you. MDF don't like you much. That paint job stayed forever. That's the best part about it. 
That's kind of humorous. Yeah, no, because the entire, entire inside of the MDF is now yellow, but... It will forever be a Simpsons character. <laughs> it will forever be a banana. <laughs> there, There's pros and cons with MDF. It's that type with any type of crafting material. There's going to be an upside and a downside, and it's just kind of the nature of the beast and which one you're most comfortable with. Right. I'm a, The hot tip that I'm going to give with MDF, if you want to sand or at least you want to actually make mdf more usable than it already is get it to the finest sand that you can get it to then spray that son of a bitch down with sandable finish or sandable primer it'll seal it up really nice you'll actually have a good base coat you sand it you wet sand it from there because the mdf is sealed under the paint and then you can go anywhere you want with that from that point on it is the safest bet Especially when you first start. So a quick word of warning before we continue. There are hundreds of ways to use these materials. There's not one set in stone way to use them. You can use them multiple ways, but in any way you use, please stay safe while using them. That's right. There's not a single guidebook on cosplay when it comes to actually using a material for one solid reason. That being said, there's plenty of guidebooks and ideals and ways of people suggesting on how to use things yeah there are tons of tutorials on things people would recommend and how they would do it however the biggest thing that a lot of people do not stress and i really want to stress this today proper personal protection especially when using the materials that we listed today you want a mask to protect your nose you want a mask to protect your mouth you want eye covering i don't care what you say you definitely want eye covering sometimes you're going to want gloves depending on the type of glue you're using because sometimes it can be really toxic or really hot yep exercise caution use your head when you're actually working on this stuff i don't want you to think of all the negatives but think clearly what could potentially happen and heed the advice of people around you that have used this stuff before and address that accordingly because we want you to have fun and have a good time but we want you to be safe while doing it we don't want to see you you know going out to the hospital because you're working on a prop then you have like a two thousand dollar health bill or right. hospital bill like dear lord that's not what anyone wants right no cosplay is worth your life everybody that's what we're trying to say yeah so now that we've talked about wood and foam in depth let's, and safety yes that too let's talk about some of the tools that are used on each because that's really important actually Oh yeah, we we brushed upon a few things, but let's let's give you a master list of the stuff that you want at least starting out. Now, for foam, your go-to cutting tool is going to be a box cutter or an exacto knife. Either one will work really well. You can do precision cuts, you can do angle cuts, and once you cut out each piece based on your blueprint, you can build your master piece that you're working towards. Right. And the same rule applies with wood when it comes to the rule of thumb when it comes to cutting. You want to at least measure twice and cut once. You don't, you can't add on, but you can subtract more. Exactly. It's better to go big and then subtract than go too small and then you're stuck. Right. Next, you can use a heat gun. Now, heat guns are used to make the foam curve into the shape that you're looking for. Because otherwise, it's going to eventually go back from its curved shape back to its original flat plane of existence. It'd still be, you know, like slightly curved, but wouldn't keep like a full cylinder shape if you wanted it to be like a cylinder. Right. And one of the things, speaking of heat gun, that 
I actually got turned on to watching Evil Ted on YouTube, just researching this episode a little bit deeper. He suggests actually making yourself a foam anvil. And I really like that idea. Essentially, it's a half dome on a PVC pipe and a chunk of wood. It's simple, sweet, to the point. It's actually a glorious tool. Plus, another material that we're going to cover one day, which is styrene slash PVC, it actually will work for that as well because you're essentially heat forming that on top of everything else. Now, speaking of PVC, when it comes to working with foam, if you're needing like a handle for a weapon or for like a shield on the back of it, I'd recommend PVC pipe over a wooden dowel because it's less likely to break. I've heard too many stories of friends who have worked with wooden dowels and then it breaks at the con or after a couple months of use. PVC pipes are going to stay strong throughout unless you put way too much stuff on it that it's so much stuff it's going to break. But that takes, you really have to work to get to break is the point I'm trying to make here. That is true. I've never had a dowel rod ever break on me, but at the same time, I've also started using PVC pipe combined with dowel rods. It makes a great joint. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Next is glue. Now there are a couple different types of glue that you can use. You can honestly use our Lord and Savior, Adrisa Bumafu, hot glue. Yes. Now, there's a special type of glue that comes in a spray-type can called M74. Now, I use this a lot, and basically, it helped the foam stay together, and it has never come apart. And if I was going to recommend glue to use for it, I'd recommend M74 or hot glue, because those are the best ways to go. Another type of glue that I would highly suggest is barge contact cement i i slept on this stuff for a long time i haven't used it but i've seen it recommended by other cosplayers this stuff comes in a huge can best of luck if it does if it explodes in the mail but you put it on you let it get tacky and then you put the two together it holds it will hold foam like its life depends on it, especially if you do it correctly. There are several props that I've tried to take apart that have this stuff just as the sealant. It won't let go. You're going to have to carve parts of the prop away just to get to the problem zones if you have to. It is that strong. Do not sleep on this stuff. It will fuck with you. Now, if you want to add detail to a foam prop, because it's hard to add detail to foam, what I would recommend is foam clay. Now, foam clay, you'll have to wet the surface and wet the clay but when you apply it. You can add the clay to the weapon as an extra layer on the foam, and then you can add the detailing into the clay that you add onto the foam. And based on research that I've seen, that's what a lot of top-level cosplayers are doing, is they're adding this foam clay onto their foam to help blend it in with one another to make it nice and even and get that nice finished look. And then that way they can add the details and do a more detailed paint job as well there's other stuff that you can actually use in this situation but one of the biggest tools that you're going to want to master is a rotary tool yeah that or you're gonna need a shit ton of sandpaper because when it comes to foam you're gonna have to sand a lot like a lot a lot like you'll be spending literally like 10 hours sanding and like just straight sanding and you're gonna be spending a lot of money on sandpaper get the rotary tool it will save you money in the long run most rotary tools have a pretty long lifespan but go with whatever you feel most comfortable right also funny fact rotary tools at the end of the day if you get one you're gonna use it for so much other stuff 
You don't just have to use it for just the sanding drum bits. You can use it for fine cuts. You can use it for fine tunings. Very micro. I have an entire set of micro drill bits that I use for Gunpla. It's significantly worth it. Now, another thing I want to talk about while we're here is poster board. Now, you can also use that to add finer details to your prop if you don't want to use foam clay. It's another option that you can use. And another thing I want to talk about, because foam is known for this, foam is very weak to aerosol. So if you try to spray paint it without any type of protection, the paint is going to eat away at the foam. And that's very important to know, because if you just try to spray paint it if you don't without any type of primer, you're going to have holes all over your prop, and then you're going to have a bad time because you're either going to have to redo it or you have to spend time fixing it, which I can tell you from experience is not fun. Now, a couple of things can help prevent this. You can do diluted wood glue is an option. What is that, a two-to-one wood glue and water? Yeah, two-to-one wood glue and water, exactly. And then you could also use gesso. Gesso is another one that you can do. And keep in mind that you have to do multiple layers. One layer is not going to work. You're going to probably have to do somewhere between five to ten layers to prime it and keep it safe from paint and then after you paint it you're gonna have to seal it we're gonna have an entire segment after all this fun stuff about just how much horror stories and how many fun things you can do with just the tools that we're talking about today yeah because there's a lot in decks i've learned a ton but i mean that's how you learn is by making mistakes and then hopefully you can just learn from our mistakes by us talking about them here so you can hopefully skip a few yeah the other thing I'm going to constantly tell you guys is Sharpies. It sounds a little weird, but always keep a pack of at least 20 of those sons of bitches in your workshop. You will use them for templates. You will use them for marking your material. You will use them randomly to throw at whoever comes into your room. Yeah. Speaking of marking things, you also want a ruler. Rulers are going to be your best friend. Ruler is a universal tool. I, I can't stress that enough. Rulers compasses stuff like that yeah you, you want it and then like you always want to measure twice you'll always want to do a rough draft or like a small version of cheap material and then you want to do before you do your final product so you basically have a mini idea of what you want to do so that way you aren't like spending a lot of material trying to do the same thing three times when it comes to pliable material like foam if you want something that has a significant amount of detail, but you want to actually use the primary files that you have on hand, Peppacora is your lifesaver. You can make pinatas out of this program, but you can also make very, very, very high detailed blueprints that you can print out, cut apart, and put together in 3D form. And another good thing about foam that I've seen some cosplayers do you can add LEDs to it pretty easily and it can take all the heat from the LEDs and not have it affect that too much. You can also install a fog machine if you want to have smoke come from your weapon or item of choice as well. That's another option. The other benefit of using foam and PVC together is it's generally pretty light compared to wood. Wood would be heavier and would toll on you more if you're going to be walking around with it all day. I can attest to this and I love wood so that's saying something that being said let's jump to wood wood holy shit are you willing to spend a hundred dollars to jump into a craft i am wood requires lots of saws lots of different saws and i know it sounds kind of weird but you kind of need a lot of different types of saws to get different effects you can't there's no perfect omni saw there's your basic miter saw that's always nice 
but you're going to want stuff like... A buzzsaw. A, well, if you want to go into heavy artillery, yes. Personally, I would say a hacksaw, a jeweler saw, maybe a dovetail saw if you could afford one. They're, they're expensive. They're pretty expensive. I personally have been getting turned on to more Japanese saws, especially for cosplay. The good thing about all the wood tools, if you start learning how to carve wood and doing finer details... You accidentally get into carpentry. And that's what happened to me. I jumped from props to building furniture within a matter of years. But some other tools that you're definitely going to want to have are hammers and chisels. I stressed it earlier. I'm going to stress it again. Buy good chisels. I personally suggest high-speed steel. You don't have to get high-speed steel. I, I just suggest getting a good set of chisels that are going to last you. Get... A decent rotary tool again. Yeah, because it's also going to take a lot of time sanding. You and sandpaper or you and your rotary tool will be best friends. Oh yeah, screws. Just keep a box of a variety of different size screws. You want brass, especially with wood. That That's my own personal belief. You'll anyway. want a good solid wood glue as well. Oh yeah, like there's a gallon of wood glue under my bed for reasons I'm still lost on. It's always been there. It has, and it's bugging the shit out of me. You can move it. Nah, I'm, I'm good. You want screwdrivers, you want drills of any form. I prefer hand drills. I just got my hands on a press drill. There is a tool that transcends time in my book that not only EVA foam, any foam that you ever use, you need. It is cheap, it is effective, and it's versatile. You want a bandsaw. Just just get a bandsaw. Just just get a bandsaw. It sits on the table. It's your best friend. I have gone years without using a bandsaw. And then finally someone told me just get a damn bandsaw. And then and he was happy as a clam. I haven't been happier. That thing is glorious. It cuts like butter. And I've even cut EVA foam just to see what I've been missing out on. You can do crazy curves on a bandsaw. Just, just get a bandsaw. It... Oh, I'm dumb, but it is just get a bandsaw. One of the other tools that you want, and this is something that you want to learn how to use properly, a speed square. And you've probably seen them. They look like right-sided triangles with all those weird fancy numbers on the inside with different bits and points. There's thousands of tutorials online that will actually teach you how to properly use one. Memorize how to use one correctly, and it will be your best tool in your toolbox. If you don't know how to use one correctly, it's just a 90 degree angle. And then you always want your trusty screwdriver on you. It's it's yeah. always there. It's always going to be helpful. It's not sonic, but you know what? We'll make do. Yes. Another thing that we kind of left out earlier now I'm looking at is uh, a heat knife. Sometimes you can use a heat knife to cut oh, yeah. certain types of foam. It can be useful. Once again, because it heats up, be careful with it. You can burn yourself. You can cut yourself. It hurts yeah. a lot. We can both tell you this because we have both felt the pain and yeah. suffering of it. It can definitely be very useful. Get a heat knife that can turn into a soldering iron or a wood burner. Why? Again, versatility. It's a multi-tool like that saves time, it saves money, and it saves space. Can't stress that enough. Now, once the item has been built and successfully made, you need to make it look pretty. So let's talk about paint for a bit. Yeah, paint is tricky. So the two that I would recommend, that one we've talked about earlier, which was spray paint, 
So you're going to want to seal it and prime it to make sure that it doesn't get eaten away at for foam. And then wood, it's still really good to use spray paint because it covers the surface area the most. But if you want something covered and not painted that color, use painter's tape is the best way to proceed. On either wood or foam, actually. And it would be nice to have that around. Maybe use duct tape as a backup if you... No, eh. no, never no, use duct tape, tape on... Don't use duct tape on foam. Don't use duct tape on wood. The adhesive will get on there, and then you're sitting yeah. there with the acetone trying to clean the yeah, shit off. Yeah. And then I personally have absolutely fuck all clue on what to do with acetone on EVA. So that that mm, I can't I can't suggest that at all. If anything, painters tape. If you don't have enough painters tape to cover the wide area, you don't have to mummify the thing. Just use some newspaper. Yeah, newspaper works. Yeah, too. newspaper, and then use painters tape on the edges. That saves a lot of money. Now, when it comes to paint itself, I personally suggest either acrylic paint or airbrushing. Yeah, both are very effective uses. For airbrushing, though, you do need to get an airbrush, obviously, and that takes special paint, and you need to take the time and find that. Yeah, and you also have to take care of that tool, and that's a whole another tool in your repertoire. However, again, more versatile tool if I do say so myself. When it comes to acrylic paint, it's in a bottle, is quick, fast, and easy. It dries fairly well. It, you can get it to dry flat, but it takes a little bit more work. It can be watered down. It can be built up. There's a lot of stuff you can do with acrylic paint. Yeah, acrylic is very versatile, and you can use it on a lot of things. It's very easy to come by, too. Now, most of the stuff we're talking about, you can either get from, like, a Michaels or a Lowe's or Home Depot. Any or, big box store you can yeah, think Ace of. Yeah, Ace Hardware, something like that. There's a lot of options. You can find a lot of places online and that will have specials too that are useful as well. Yeah. So, so there, there's a lot of options out there and you can find something that works for you that you'll feel comfortable with. Yeah, that that's where it gets a little bit more fun. And this is a perfect segue into tips and tricks. Now, the first thing that I'm going to mention is blueprints. Blueprints and rough drafts will save you you so much time and so much money. Find a cheap material, make a quick blueprint, do a quick rough draft, or even do something on your computer and make a blueprint there, print out the pieces, do a rough draft with a cheap substitute that you're gonna use. Construction paper, cheap craft foam, newspaper, something along those lines. The tip I'm going to give you all, and this is important, Document and photograph every single step you make along the way. Write it down. Take photos. Share it on Facebook and Instagram. Why the hell not? You're taking the photo anyway. Yeah. The reason why I say do this, this isn't a clout thing. This is a where, oh, where did I go wrong? Oh, wait, it was 57 photos ago when I tried to plug a 9-volt battery into a three volt circuit long story there we, we yeah we are getting into electronics that's its whole different episode yeah. because i mean you you have led and all that fun stuff but the point we're trying to get at is when jackson and i build props we do progress photos because a it helps you remember your learning experience and you know where you went right but you also remember where you went wrong but sometimes you don't come back to these photos for at least like two to three years and you're gonna remember everything two to three years later like, you'll remember some of it, maybe, yeah. but not everything. And some people, I like doing this, I don't know about everybody else. Some people like going back and redoing old props and trying to use their old methods to use newer methods 
to actually show, hey, I've learned something along the way. Basically, hey, I want to redo a cosplay because I did my first one 10 years ago. I want to redo it 10 years later now because it's been 10 years. How much have I improved? What new techniques have I learned? That type of thing. Yeah. Good story with that one. Just a quick story before we start getting into the horror stories later. I want to say, what was that, 10 years ago? 10, almost 15, give or take? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Sometime, a long time ago, (laughs) I tried to build Minato Uzumaki's kunai. This is years ago when I first started trying to do just random props just to see how much I can do. When I did this back in the day, I made a ton of mistakes. But one of the big things I was limiting myself with was I only had a handful of tools. I only knew so much and I was trying to do everything just blind. I was trying to do just look at the show, build the prop. Step one, don't do that. Don't ever do that. Unless you are a savant, don't ever do that. Templates are your life. They will save your ass. Yeah, speaking of templates, along with documenting everything, this helps you with your organization process and making everything more organized and a more streamlined process with like a series of goals. And hey, this is what I'm aiming because like, yeah, sometimes like you only have a month to make a prop, so you want to build it out. But if you're doing everything within like a week, sometimes it can be really hard to keep track of everything. Now, years later... I had a friend contact me and request to make the exact same weapon. It was for her boyfriend's birthday. He's a huge Naruto fan. And she asked me to do it. Ironically, into the same timeline that I had. And I was just sitting in my workshop, just fiddling around with the exact same materials I used for the original. Within 30 minutes, (laughs) I had that thing built almost to perfection. And I looked it over... And I was just holding it in my hand, and I remembered the first time I ever tried to build this thing, and I almost cried, because, like, why did I make so many rookie mistakes? Oh, wait, because I was a rookie. And that is the biggest advice I'll ever give. Never put yourself down. You can, when you're first building something, it's gonna be bad. It's going, it's never gonna be perfect the first time. Yeah, whenever you start any type of new endeavor, it's not always going to be perfect. It's going to start as a learning experience and you're going to prove your craft. Like we said in the first episode of props when we covered props, no prop is perfect, no shield is perfect, no armor is perfect. There's going to be some air or hardship along the way and it's still the same thing ringing true here. Yeah. And in this situation, always, always remember this. You can build it again. It's not, oh, one and done unless that is how you really want to do things. But... Then you're not learn. You're learning from it, but you're not really figuring out the nooks and crannies of that specific prop. You built it once. Cool. Did you document everything? Did you learn from it? Can you build it again, but better? Always remember those little factors in your head. Did you sweat enough blood and tears to praise our Lord and Savior Zabumafu? If you didn't, he will come and find you, and he will he will give you such a pinch. It, it's bad. Yeah, he comes to collect on his taxes. Yeah, and if not, Hot Glue Gun Coon will. Don't fuck with Hot Glue Gun Coon. Hot Glue Gun Coon will come at you from the toes. Yep, and the fingertips. Oh, especially the fingertips. Yeah, you're going to build up some calluses. Just saying. It's not even going to be from anything but just pain and suffering. Your, your calluses will have calluses. And speaking of Hot Glue Gun Coon, let's talk about some horror stories from the workshop. Well, I'll let you go first on this one. 
Oh, let's talk about high school. Those were good days. I didn't start cosplaying until college, so I cannot share the same sentiment. I didn't start cosplaying seriously until high school. I'll be absolutely fair. There were a lot of bought cosplays that, looking back, I probably could have done a lot better. But I was still young. I didn't have a job that I wanted to talk about. And it just worked out better to grab props and do things that way until I started really appreciating it. But one of the biggest props and one of the biggest endeavors I actually put myself through was when Naruto started getting super big. The Akatsuki just got introduced. I fell in love with all the Akatsuki members at once. All nine of them. All nine of them. I had good cosplay group at the time. We all went to school together. And I chose to be Kisame. I put all the years of just studying different Halloween and special effects and put it to good use. I had gills that I could use my jaw to actually make it look like I was breathing through them. I had the full body paint. I sealed that bitch because the person that taught me about makeup, he gave me a thing of bed nye and some talcum powder and said, if I, if I see you anywhere without these two things at the same time, he's going to murder you. He would. He promised. And it scared me. And I respected that because I appreciated that knowledge. Don't homestuck. Mm. And get paint everywhere. Yeah. That ain't cool. Uh, yeah. Homestuck aside, I love homestuck. But that being said, I one of my biggest endeavors was building Samehada, the big scaly bitch. And I had it in my head to build the thing out of a PVC pipe, insulation foam, and then I blinked on the scales for the longest time. And the first time I built this thing, it got insta-banned at a convention because I used Mountain Dew and root beer cans and made them into the scales. <laughs> and it just painted over that. So I literally had a giant cheese grater on steroids on a stick. Basically. And the first count I brought that to, they looked at it for one second and said no. I brought it home. I took off the scales. It took me a minute. I had to take a screwdriver because they were pretty sharp. I realized, oh, I never did anything to the foam. So I originally, without knowing, went out, got some spray paint. Oh, no. And was like, okay, I can just rush job this. Oh, no. And it looked like I took a torch to this fucking board. Yep. And I freaked the hell out because I'm like, okay, okay, I can fix this. I can fix this. So I set it in between two chairs and my niece... I love this child to death. She was, what, two, three, four? She was just learning to walk, and she had climbed up there and snapped the board in half. Oh, no. So I'm crying and having a panic attack over the stupid thing. So I literally tried to shove Gorilla Glue in there. Short version for the story. For anybody who hasn't figured this out yet, I did everything humanly possible wrong with this one sword in the course of one day. And it ended up in the trash, I'm assuming? No! That's the funny part. The Gorilla Glue ate through the foam, but still adhered just enough to hold it steady so that I can paper mache everything. And then at the same time, I found out how to do the scales out of cardboard, so I did it with that and uh, tissue paper. Oh, okay. So, what is that, uh... Ma not macro, uh, cray pepper? Yeah, cray paper? Yeah, yeah, cray paper. So I just got a shit ton of blue cray paper. And use that. Yeah. 
And then I sealed that up with Mod Podge because the nice lady at, what is that, Joanne Fabrics, she told me, oh, this will harden up anything. All right, let's see how it goes. Then I spray painted again while I was crying in a corner after like a set, two extra days that I didn't need. And then I wrapped it up and then it came out glorious. And it was one of my favorite props of all time. And then I rebuilt it because I was sick and tired of just remembering that underneath all of this good work that I did was an abomination upon all gods. So I rebuilt it and then instead of just, you know, doing all that nightmare processing all over, got the foam, got it where I wanted it to, immediately paper mache it, immediately soaked the entire thing in Mod Podge, immediately had extra scale so i just slapped those things on and it was from a project that took almost a month to finish the first time it took me about three days i will always say this once and i'll say it a thousand times learn from your mistakes yeah that that's the big takeaway you're be learning from this segment right now yeah uh so my first one uh, i'm a huge rpg nerd and i like the tales of series so i was cosplaying as luke from tales of the abyss and I decided to make the foam out of insulation foam. Uh, the insulation foam part of the sword was fine. That part was good. However, Caleb decided to use clay. Not foam clay. Actual clay. And when I was putting the clay detailed on the laid part of the sword, that came out relatively well, actually. Uh, but when I was doing the handle and the hilt, uh, I kind of forgot to use water. And then uh, it didn't look so hot. So I was able to do like a cold flash to get it to work and stay together for the one convention I was using it for. But then after that, I had, I talked to Jackson. Jackson and I basically remade the sword. Oh God, is that the dick sword? Yeah, that's the dick sword. Oh my God, the dick sword's back. (laughs) Yeah. So because basically why it's called the dick sword is not the blade itself. Why he's calling it the dick sword is because literally the handle, if you took the handle off the sword, it was it looked like a clay penis, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the, it's not what I was going for, but if you look at the reference image for what I was going for, it actually kind of looks like, like it makes that shape. It um, looks like a dildo. I don't care what anyone yeah. says. But I wasn't paying attention to how it looked when you showed me the original artwork. And we had, what, 24 hours to make this thing work? Uh, when we did the second time around, because, like, we put both of our experience together, we did it in, like, a week, I think, is what we did. Oh, yeah, because we were, we were doing working, it... like, at three-hour segments of the day. Yeah, because we were, try- we were trying to do it, like, a week or two before Yomacon. It was something like that. Yeah, and we were doing it in the middle of winter. It was frigid cold outside. Yeah. The glue wasn't setting. Our experience at the time wasn't up to par, I'll be absolutely honest. <laughs> We were trying, we, no, I remember this. We were trying to combine MDF, insulation foam, oh. and PVC. Yeah. <laughs> and it came out, the sword came out fine. Yeah. I personally love that sword. Now looking back upon it, that was an abomination. <laughs> yeah. But, 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 but like, at the end of the day, we made it work is the point. So it's like, it, with enough determination and will, you can learn from it. But then, obviously, Jax and I have learned a ton since then and improved upon it. One of the biggest things I learned is actually put dowel rods into another material. If you're going to fuse something that should not fuse with the material you're trying to fuse it with. Dowel rods will save you there. Oh, yeah. we I literally tried to slap a blade onto a flat surface. It was not a good idea. 
but it, it came out fine. The other thing I guess we can take away from this is know your adhesion chart. I, I'm going to see if I can hunt down the old adhesion chart from 3M. That, yeah. That giant periodic table that actually tells you what type of glue will adhere to what. what it's very useful. Yeah. And we'll post the link in the episode if we find it because we can just put it up on Imgur and then just if, throw the Even link if we don't buy. find it on Imgur, I'm going to see if I can find it in like an old hard drive or something yeah. and just post it up on Twitter because that thing saves everybody, especially when you first start. Yeah. And then the other horror story I have is, it's very similar to Jax's, is, uh, like, depression is a great prop motivator, I can tell you that much. Like, basically, if you're depressed, if you just want to work on something and get out your feelings, prop working is a good way to go. Also, just doing a new task is a new way to go. I decided to do prop working in organic chemistry, too. Would not recommend the organic chemistry, too, part of that equation. Prop making, I would. I did the same thing where I, doing a sort from God Eater, I, I used insulation foam. I had built everything accordingly, and I had gessled my product to seal it. But however, I hadn't gessled it enough, so it was still slightly eating away at the foam. So that's when I had to do plaster of Paris or or uh, gesso like on everything to like fill in the holes, and then I had to resand everything and and then repaint it after I did that. The sword still looks good because it looks great in photos, but I added on like an additional like four days of stuff I didn't really need to fix. So the point I'm trying to make is is take your time, make sure you do enough coats and don't skip steps because that's going to turn around and make you take more time than what was initially needed. Oh yeah. All right. My last horror story and this one this one's kind of funny. At least I think it's funny. I I very seldom do gender bent cosplays because it's very seldom that I care to do them. But I love I fell in love with a series growing up called Sukiban Deka. And I really wanted to do a gender-bent Sukiban Deka. So I kind of just did this whole Yankei Deka thing going on. And I made the yo-yo. I made the yo-yo out of MDF. And I designed it specifically to work like an actual yo-yo. The problem is, and I think I still have the mark on one of my fingers to this day for this. I wanted it to work like an actual yo-yo, but I wanted it to have a steel core. So, in my infinite childhood genius, I didn't make a ring for my finger. I just wrapped guitar wire on my finger. Ow. Yeah. Very much ow. And this thing weighed about two pounds. Because it's a, and that's, it was a honking. That's harsh on your hand, by the way. Like, that yeah. doesn't sound heavy, but when you're doing that on one finger, that's a lot of yeah. on one finger. So, to this day, I think I can almost dislocate my middle finger because of that. Imagine dropping a two-pound weight from your finger with a garrote wire around your knuckle. When I say that all props are a jigsaw puzzle, sometimes there's a glass shard in there somewhere, and you gotta make sure not to fuck with that glass shard. Don't. That's not a piece. That's just a bear trap. Not all ideas are good ideas. <laughs> it's the mimic in the dungeon that you don't want to find. Yeah, so don't don't fuck with that piece. If you're ever going to take any lesson from me, don't try and make your props work the way the series shows. Just make it pretty. Yeah, make it the prop work for you and what's best suited to your needs. Because sometimes you might need to leave a piece out because it's going to make it hard to store or hard to travel. Because like sometimes, like, hey... There might be like this spiky design on it, but hey, maybe 
you don't do the spiky design because it's easier to store if it's not all spiky. <laughs> yeah, and I just pop my middle finger back in place. <laughs> of course! My finger had a flashback. That's how bad it was. But, yeah, no. Don't, don't do stupid shit. There's a lot of growing pains that you're going to get when making props. We make jokes about sweating blood, sweat, and tears into your props. And in some cases, there's a reason we say it, because it's it literally will happen. Yeah. <laughs> I've never met a seamstress that has not bled on one of their pieces. I've never met a prop maker that hasn't cut their finger on a, on a hot knife. Yep. I've never met a, anybody, actually, that hasn't cut their finger on a, on a box cutter. I don't know a, a single cosplayer who hasn't gotten burned by a hot glue gun coon. He always takes, he yeah. always gets his toll. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You think that you're a savant with that glue gun, eventually it's going to pop you. Hot glue gun coon will get you. It never fails. Accept it, learn from it, be prepared for it. Build a tolerance to the pain. Yeah, it's, it's good for the soil. I'll tell you that much. Yep. Last of the last, a promise from me. Hot knife story. We, we, we made a promise that we were going to do a hot knife story. My first time learning how to use PVC. I was literally sent home with a hot knife that I bought with a piece of PVC. I was going to make a shuriken out of it. And I was it was cutting too slow for my taste. I'm thinking to myself, oh, if I put, my, like, put all my force into it, it'd be fine. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, <laughs> I had my palm resting on one side. I had the knife on the other, and the PVC snapped, and... It went through, yep. Oh. I stabbed deep into my hand, and... Did it go halfway through your hand, or did it go all the way through? In between. Oh. So I want to say, like, halfway, like, right between the knuckles. It's not the same thing, but I had a dog bite halfway through my hand once. Depending on how much you go in through your hand, your hand can go into shock, and that means, like, you basically can't use your hand for X amount of time. So, like, basically when the dog bit me in my hand, I couldn't use my left hand for, like, two weeks. And I was like, I used my left hand a lot more than I thought I did. Oh, but, is that why I couldn't feel anything? Yeah. So, basically because your hand is that sensitive, because you have a lot of sensory stuff in your hands, that's why your your hand will go into shock. I thought it was just going numb because I busted a nerve or something. Nope. Your hand goes into shock due to, the, uh, due to how sensitive it is. Huh. The more you know. Yep. So, short version. Apparently my hand went into shock. Couldn't use it. But the good news is it was cauterized and it was clean. That is a good fair point for me i had to like wear a special glove for like two weeks that you had you had the oj michael jackson glove going on yeah basically (laughs) just full of teehees and ojs yeah we have fun here remembering our pain we should probably just do another episode we should do a fireside episode of just the the suffering of cosplay that's uh, that we could definitely do that we have plenty of tales to tell oh yeah Eh, let's see if we can get another crossover going for that that, well, that could be arranged. That can be arranged. But that being said, I think we've covered a lot today. Yep, we're coming to the end of our time today. Now, if you would like to follow us on all the fun social media sites, we are on Twitter at Conventional Crew without the E. We are on Facebook under The Conventional Podcast. We are also on the lovely Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes under The Conventional Podcast as well. Yes. And if you want to help us out and if you want to get your voice heard on the show, hit us up on Coffee. It's just a dollar to say some bullshit on here. Keep it somewhat sane. Keep it classy. Or else you get cabbages. Also, if you want to hit us up on Patreon to help us out getting the show even better than normal, then hit us up on there. The link will be at the bottom. 
And then if you still want us to do the special episode that we teased about the Chris Brown of the Midwest, that's still up there. Yep. The donations are always ready and able. We have everything set up and ready to go. We just need your support. Yeah, we really need some new chairs. I'm not going to lie to you. Look, we broke two. It'd be all right. We literally broke one when we were recording. It had to get removed from the episode. It, this is the second time this has happened. I, I'm running out of wood to make new chairs. But that being said... We do appreciate your time and we thank you for listening. Always. And if you, honestly, if you want to hit us up, if you have an idea for the show, if you just want to say hi... Hit us up either on our Discord, hit us up on our email, conventional podcast. Conventionalthepodcast at gmail.com. Yep, I almost forgot about that. Thank you so much. And yeah, we pretty much are open for anything. We will also be opening up a poll soon on what fireside topic that you want us to do. Just a little bit of a teaser there, something that we're working on. Yeah, we would like some feedback because we always do welcome feedback. But once again, thank you for your time. This is Cloud. And this is Jax. Talk to you later. Signing off. Peace. Peace.